A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know, Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. I'm here because I am a Black mother who is parenting a biracial child. When my husband and I talked about a family, a lot of my focus was like attempting to prepare him for being the parent of a child of color. Mm. I mean, I tease him and say that he's fish belly white. I mean, he's very white, blonde, blue eyes. So I was very focused on attempting to front load him for this experience. My daughter was born with dark brown hair. And then around like six to eight weeks in, it was like, oh, this brown hair is going blonde. And then it went like platinum blonde. So here we were like a couple months in and I had this little fish belly white baby who's fish belly white like her dad with blonde hair. And it was like this first real realization of like, all of the front-loading that I attempted to do for my husband of, like, you could have this, like, wild experience out in the world with this little brown child. It all comes upon me in this moment of, like, oh, okay, this is going to be my wild experience <laughs> as the black mom with this little, with this little child that people are going to think is white. This is Motherhood Sessions. I'm Dr. Alexandra Sachs. Today I'm talking with a woman we're calling Regina. Regina and her husband grew up in neighboring towns in the Midwest. She's Black, he's white, and together they're parenting a biracial child. Their daughter's now eight, and Regina's struggling to navigate complex situations around her daughter's race and identity. I asked Regina to start at the beginning, and to tell me about the first time she had a stressful encounter that centered on her daughter's lighter skin and bright blonde hair. She was about eight weeks old when I had the first experience of being out with her and someone asking, are you her mom? So those sorts of questions became very, very common. Can you tell me about one time that sticks out in your mind? So, um... I took her solo to visit a friend in Atlanta. We got to Atlanta, and I was on the tram that takes you to ground transportation. And I was actually nursing her, and it was actually a woman of color who said, like, oh, I'm sorry, I know you're nursing, but I just can't get over how blonde her hair is. And I was like, oh, okay. And she said, well, is she yours? And I said, yes. And I'm like nursing her. And she was like, but she has 
white blonde hair. She's yours. And was like a little like you could see on her face, like sort of upset and excited about it. And I said, yes. I just said yes. And um, she was just kind of like, huh. And just sort of went back to her world. But like in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, I'm like nursing this baby on this tram. Is this woman going to like get off the tram and like find a police officer and say like, this woman has this baby. Like, I don't know if it's hers. I'm thinking in my mind, okay, luckily in my bag, I have her birth certificate because I'd brought it to like get her on the airplane. But I'm like, I have her birth certificate. It has my name on it. Like I have my ID. Like I'm just in my mind, like going through the checklist of like, you know, what if someone like comes and tries to like challenge my custody of this child? Now that Regina's daughter is getting older, these questions around identity are getting more complicated. And they're not just directed at Regina anymore. Regina wanted my advice on how to prepare her daughter for these sorts of situations. I feel like what is feeding my anxiousness around it is that when she was a baby and couldn't speak and understand what people were saying about her, I, as her mother, was intaking all of this. And so when I think about parenting through this as she grows, she's no longer in the wrap and I'm carrying her when people are asking these questions and she can't respond. Now the questions are going to be coming to her directly. Right. Like, is that really your mother? So I instantly in my like mom problem solver mode start thinking about, well, when she's old enough to really understand when people are saying these things or asking these questions, like how will she navigate them? So how did your parents teach you about your Black identity? Mm -hmm. Let's try to articulate what that was because I think like you can't apply it directly to how you're going to talk to your daughter about her identity. Mm -hmm. so, so if you don't mind, and I think it may be helpful – it may have been so much in the air that it wasn't like <laughs> you sit down and talk about it. But even then, how was it in the air as far as, like, lessons that you gleaned from your parents? So I grew up in an all-Black family with a younger brother, mom and dad, like, all brown skin, very visibly, at a first glance, Black people. In the neighborhood that I grew up in, in the preschool that I went to, I was the only Black student. I mean, there were these, like, moments when I would you know, meet with other folks or whatever. And it was like, where do you go to school? And I would say the name of my school. And it was like, oh, like, I didn't know any black kids went there. Um, or just the way that I speak, like black kids saying like, oh, you talk like you're white. Like, I would navigate that with my parents a little bit of like, why would they say that? Or, you know, like, what does that mean? Yeah. And, and how would your parents handle those? Those are tough parenting moments. Well, and they would just say, like, well, there's no such thing as talking white. Like, you're using proper diction or, you know, like, you have a large vocabulary. And that's why you're saying that. And you should be proud of that. And it's, you know, so that they just sort of yeah. handled it in that way. Yeah. So I think that there were just ways that race was always present. And then also just in the lessons that you give your children of like how 
they want you to act in public, um, how you should act at school or in right. class. Right. There was always you're going to have to be twice as good. You're going to have to work twice as hard. Yes, you're very smart, but you're always going to have to do more. There was a sense of responsibility and also a sense of like you are representing your race and your people. So growing up, I mean, being a Black parent, race and how you talk to your children about navigating race was always a part of the conversation. And that's where I like move into this mode of feeling like I'm unprepared to like prepare her for these questions. Mm. Like I need a plan. I need a strategy Mm -hmm. to be able to pass on to her to navigate that. Like when someone asks, is your mom black? Which is something that has happened recently. When that happened, that affected her deeply. Can you tell me about that story from the beginning? I can. Um, Recently, a parent came to me and said, I wanted to talk to you because your daughter recently said that my daughter was racist. And so this parent shared that her daughter was describing one of their classmates and said that the classmate was Black. And this parent said, I wanted to talk to you about this because I use Black as I would use tall or as a descriptor. And I don't mean any offense by using it in that way. Um, This is a white woman talking? That is correct. Uh Um, She said, like, I want to, like, use the descriptors that you all use or that you all want to use. So we had a conversation which was problematic in many ways in which she talked about how she doesn't personally use the phrase African-American, that she uses the phrase black because she's not sure if people in fact have African heritage and she doesn't want to assume that. And she asked outright, how does your daughter describe herself? And I said, honestly, it varies. You know, sometimes she describes herself as mixed. Sometimes she talks about herself as brown She talks about herself as Black, and she said, oh, so she identifies as Black? She's so fair-skinned. So that was a lot to intake. What'd you say? I just said, of course she does. I said, of course she does. Like, I am the Black mother of this child that's standing in front of you. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, Mm -hmm. she identifies as Black. Mm -hmm. And then later, I was able to come back with my daughter and husband. And so, instantly, my daughter, and with very dramatic hand motions, said, I did not call her racist. I said she was using racist language. So she was very upset about that because she doesn't like her words to be misrepresented. And then she went on to give more examples, saying that this particular child had asked her questions about why she has so many black dolls, that this child had asked her, is your mom black? 
And she said, it's the way that she talks about black people. It's just like she doesn't think black people are even human. So I think that that was her first real, that I'm aware of, sort of upset around being presented with these questions. So let's talk about the example of the the child Mm -hmm. um, and your daughter's description. So how did you... Tell me more about how you and your daughter have been processing this. Because I think this is really practice in Mm -hmm. what you've come here to work on. We were asking her, you know, about how when this child was asking these questions or saying these things of how it made her feel. And I suggested to her that it could be more helpful instead of saying to this child, you're using racist language, to, like, explain to this child When you describe our classmates by their race, that upsets me because I think it means you're saying X. Instead of using phrases like racist language, which this child may not understand. So I said, I think that there are ways that that you could talk to her about it. And in that way, it might be something that you all can work out together. So what she eventually said to me, which was like a moment that I still am processing and can't quite get over. But, you know, she was very emotional and she just sat up and she looked at me and she said, mom, what if you were a little black kid like me and someone was saying to you all the time, are your dolls black? Why are your dolls black? Is your mom black? What would you do if you were a little black kid like me? And so that was just mind-blowing for me because it was this moment where I'm me, black mom, is like looking at this little blonde child who is genuinely just like really wanting me to understand like how she feels and what she's going through and saying like, well, what if you were a little black kid like me? Like, well, certainly she sees me as a black person who was at one point in time, a little black girl. And her use of the phrase, a little black kid like me is very different than the experience that I had as a little Black kid. And so that got to the heart of sort of just where I'm feeling lost in all of this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay. Because I want her in the same ways that I was raised to, like, embrace her Blackness, feel that all of Black heritage is her heritage, I want her to really embrace that. And I don't want her to feel like, well, I'm a light-skinned person that has blonde hair, so I don't have access to that. But what you're dealing with is an issue around difference, right? Because when she says, how would you feel if you were a Black girl like me? Mm -hmm. 
Um, And when she says that to her mother, I wonder if in a way she does identify you as black and that she's calling herself black. But what she means is, like my version. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mom, how would you feel if you were my version of black and you had all these dolls who were black, but your skin didn't look exactly like them? Mm -hmm. And this other kid is trying to make you explain it. And also, how would you feel if you didn't look like your mom? Mm -hmm. What what just came over you? Um, gosh. Um, I think that there's so part of what is so important about family is that they're the the people that are closest to you, and in the best of circumstances, are the people that you're learning about the world and life and it's this safe space for you to like test things and push the boundaries and so I think that one of the challenging things about the family that we've built is that she doesn't have anyone in our household that has her experience She's saying, Mom, you don't get it. Mm-hmm. And she's right. Mm-hmm. And as the mom, that's hard because I want to get it. And because I want to help her navigate it. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, this is one of many ways in which you don't know what it feels like to live inside your daughter's world. Mm-hmm. I've been told that I don't know what goes on in second grade before. I'm like, I don't. (laughs) But this is an opportunity to learn a very important parenting skill, which is to really listen and remember that your child is a separate person onto themselves. And that even in the ways in which you are identical, you don't get it (laughs) Mm -hmm. because you're not them. And so if you want to get them, you really have to listen Mm -hmm. and imagine together. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Welcome back. At this point in the conversation, Regina and I have started to unpack some of the ways in which her experience with race and identity has been different from her daughter's experience. Now Regina wants to turn to some more practical steps about how to prepare her daughter for the future. I think that I feel like you have to plan and prepare. I mean, of course you do as part of parenting as best you can. I think some planning we can do is around creating an opening and interest um, for how to talk about this stuff. And I think what is getting you stuck is more that the tools you gleaned from your parents in your own childhood, 
you can't cut and paste them to this right. parenting situation. And I think that makes you anxious. There's definitely that. And also just knowing, I mean, this is about like essentially who you are at your core and how the world sees you and how you show up in the world and how people are going to expect you to show up in the world. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so it's just big and it's really heavy and it feels like the stakes are very high if we don't get it right. But what we're talking about is identity here and it's a moving target. So I think it's too much pressure to put on yourself and your daughter to get it right because it's going to be evolving. And that maybe is creating anxiety for you Mm because we're not going to be able to pin it down and solve it and put it in a drawer and feel relaxed forever and ever. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's a general challenge that I have in many aspects of my life. Do you have a thought of the worst question that your daughter could ask you? That she could ask me? Or, or... Like, what's, is there a worst in this topic of her and her racial identity? And I think that a worst case scenario in my mind is that she is in an all black space or a majority black space and says something or expresses something about her black identity and is rejected or called out for the privileges that she will experience as a person who has light skin and blonde hair. What do you fear that will make her feel? I fear that she would feel less than or that she would call into question whether she can own or identify like her with her black heritage. And I mean, essentially, this is probably something that I just need to let go of. And I understand that like as a mom, like that's sort of like what we do. We like worry about these negative experiences that our kids might have. And part of letting go of anxiousness is also understanding that like, I can't come up with a plan that is going to protect her from all hurt. um, Exactly. That she could possibly experience. Exactly. And there will be hurt that she experiences that is different from yours. Mm -hmm. Some of it you can anticipate already. And some of it you don't even know. Right. Do you think it would be helpful to, sit down with her and say, you asked me to think about what it would be like to be Mm -hmm. a little black girl. So I want to understand what it's like for you. I think she would welcome that approach. Yeah. She did ask you to think about it. She did. And I I have honestly been thinking about it ever since she said it. (laughs) And tell, you know, tell her that. And maybe an entry point is, um, I think the reason I have to do that is because I don't look like you. Mm Mm-hmm. So that means that I have to think about what it would feel like to look like you. Mm-hmm. Or what's the, what's the way to open this up? This is a good question. I'm trying to think of, of how she would hear 
me saying, I don't look like you. Because part of the, I think, I don't want to say defense mechanism, but part, I mean, it is, a de- but part of the defense of the outside critique of, is she yours and all of that is like we talk about all the time about how we have the same brown eyes, how we have the same shaped eyes, how much we do look alike, which we do. She's just, her coloring is different from mine. But like if you put our childhood pictures side by side, we look exactly alike. And so we spend time talking about that. And that is meaningful to me. And I think that it is also very meaningful to her that she looks like her mom. So both both things can happen at the same time and both things are true, right? We are like in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And I think to to acknowledge, to empathize and say, I get the feeling that you wanted me to think about it so that I could imagine what it feels like to be you. Mm-hmm. And maybe you want me to do that because there's something about me being me that doesn't know what it's like <laughs> for mm-hmm. you being you. And and there are things I have to learn. And maybe see what she does with that. It may or may not have anything to do with this particular topic. Right. But but because that's a whole big <laughs> identity parenting issue. But but I think I think she is on to how people and other people talk about skin color and how she wants some help. Mm-hmm. she's already kind of asked you to think about how you guys are different and how that affects her in the world. Mm-hmm. I think that that this is a question that I haven't asked her directly, that I think that I can ask her directly. Yeah. What's that question? Well, I mean, I think that the question is and and I and I'm her. Like like really simple. What's the question? I think the question is what is it like for you to have a mom that looks like me? That's it. Yeah. That's everything. That feels hard <laughs> to um but I think that that's the question. It's, it feels hard because there's a lot of complicated feelings that you have about the fact that you look different from your daughter. Mm-hmm. Yep. And what that means about her experience and your experience. And, the, and it brings you pain. Yeah. And you do a beautiful job talking about all the things you have in common, which are a in, lot. infinite. <laughs> but it's scary and painful to talk about the things that are different. Mm-hmm. By naming that, by saying it, by bringing it to the surface, you're going to bring relief. You're not going to be inflicting pain. She's going to feel supported by you. She's literally asked you to think about <laughs> seeing her, seeing the world through her eyes. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to say, hey, when, you asked me to do that. And I thought, What's it like to have a mom who looks like me? I never asked you that before. Mm-hmm. Tell me all about it. And I'm sure she'll tell me all about it. <laughs> yeah. It just feels like so much for someone so little. You know, this is a really 
challenging part of parenting. Mm -hmm. But I think it's a beautiful skill that she's demanding you learn. Mm -hmm. I think when she says, imagine if you were a little black girl like me, I think she is trying to teach you that in order for you to get it and get her, you're going to have to imagine what it would be like to be her and not you. Mm -hmm. And good for her mm -hmm. for guiding that process. But it's not random that she's guiding that process. She's guiding that process as a product of your parenting, where she feels safe enough to talk to you about hard things, to make demands for what she needs from you in her mothering, and teach you about who she is and what she needs. She's not scared of sort of calling you out when, when you misunderstand her. Mm -hmm. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that you guys are going to learn how to do this together. You know? I appreciate that. You are preparing her for those worst case scenarios. And you are re already reinforcing an internalized sense of her identity. Yeah. It's, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's just like, I was trying to, when thinking of worst case scenarios, it's like one for me is someone saying like, well, you're not really black to her. And again, there's a, there's a lot of me filtering how I would process that through my 38 years and my experiences and not thinking of it from her eight-year-old perspective that doesn't have all those layers and who is different than me. And I think part of this process this conversation that we've had that has been helpful to me is being okay or starting to be okay with the fact that letting go of me needing to have the plan and the answers and leading the process and accepting that this is a process that we will go through as a family together. Motherhood Sessions is a production of Gimlet and Spotify. It's produced by Peter Bresnan and Kimmy Regler. Our editors are Devin Taylor and Nazanin Rafsanjani. Music and mixing by Emma Munger. We'll have a brand new episode next week. <laughs>